Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Providence Journal's College Basketball Podcast. This is Bill Koch, sports writer for the Journal. On a Wednesday morning from my Warwick home, uh, I am joined, as usual, by my two co-conspirators. First, the sports director at WPRI and Fox Providence, Maury Hirschgordon. Maury, how we live in bed? Living good, good, Koch. Cody, good morning. We are uh, almost at conference play in the Big East. Phenomenal. Can't wait for it. it. It gets to the business end of the season quick. Uh, as Maury referenced, joined by our other co-conspirator, the sports director at ABC6, the weekend co-host of Cordishian Coit on WEI, Nick Coit, ladies and gentlemen. Coity, how are we living? Wonderful, fellas. Wonderful. Yeah, we're at the basically the unofficial halfway point of the season, right? You know, non-conference play wrapping up, conference play about to begin for lot of teams this is uh and final exams going on so as we were referencing before we got on here it's been uh been pretty quiet this week which i'll take i mean i'll I'll take it yeah yeah a few open days for teams to study up and and handle their academics and in the spirit of that and considering we have a professor on with us of com 204 (laughs) at uri nick coit uh we are going to hand out some first semester grades to our men and and our women um we don't have too too many games here to break down uh, since we last were with you. So we're going to look over the, the body of work here through about 10 or so for each team, um, give you an idea of where they stand right now and, and how much more they need to do um, as they go into second semester to consider their respective seasons a success. Now, as Maury reminded me before we came on the pod, you are grading on a curve a little bit here. We are going to base these somewhat on preseason expectations. Uh, we are going to base these on what we thought these teams might be and uh, how they are positioning themselves going forward. Uh, you know, So, for example, if you thought a team had NCAA tournament aspirations and they haven't necessarily moved the needle, that could adversely affect their grade. Uh, you know, If we thought a team was going to finish you know, somewhere in the bottom half of their league and they're off to a good start, they could have a more positive grade. Um, you know, So these aren't necessarily... Uh, you know, they're not necessarily completely reflective of overall record, let's say, uh, you know, but they certainly are generally how we feel about a, a given team where they are right now. We'll start with the Providence men. They were last year's valedictorians by far, uh, you know, going to the Sweet 16 for the first time in 25 years and, uh, you know, took us on a great ride through the NCAA tournament, Big East regular season champions. They start that title defense on Saturday at Seton Hall. Uh, guys, you look at their non-conference, they're 8-3 and three, uh, as it stands right now. They don't necessarily have an impact win with respect to their NCAA resume. Um, if I'm looking at Providence, I would probably give them a C-plus from the standpoint that they've been average. I add the plus because they haven't hurt themselves yet with a bad loss, but they still have a significant amount of work to do as they start off with the Pirates on Saturday and get into their 20 conference games. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you right there, uh, Kachi. I haven't met a C-plus as well. I throw the plus sign in there because it feels a lot better the last three games. They just look more like the team that we expected. Um, can't bump them up to the B line and, and get to average because they don't have the win, uh, as you mentioned. And, um, you know, the, the, those wins came over teams that we expected them to handle at the beginning of the season. Um, had they gotten to that B line, B, I probably would have given them a solid B if they would have just taken care of St. Louis. Um, I think that's the one that will eat at their crawl. Uh, considering the lead that they blew, it was on a neutral court. Um, they were playing an hour or so away from home. St. Louis was um, out of the time zone and, and on the East Coast. So, um, you know, outside of that, to me, they weren't going to sniff an A unless they had one loss. Um, I look, I think back to last year's team, they only had the one blunder against UVA. 
Uh, UVA wasn't great last year, but we know that sometimes Tony Bennett's system and style can catch a team off guard and off on a bad night. Uh, last year, I think I had them at an A minus um, because it wasn't perfect, but they went out and beat Wisconsin on the road. They beat Texas Tech, um, beat URI. So, yeah, this year, they, they like you said, they haven't hurt themselves, which for a Power 5 conference team is, is completely fine. You know, if you want to just make sure you get through the – out of conference play unscathed, get to get to conference play and and get double digit plus wins. That is a formula for success and a formula to get yourself into the NCAA tournament. I just don't have them higher than a C plus right now. Right there with you, fellas. Right there on my phone. I put the grades this morning. I just kind of was sitting there and I said, "All right." My first coffee. I said, "I'm just gonna go by thought, go by everything that I know in my head with these teams." And the first grade I put down was the Friars, and I put down C+, just like you guys, um, just of all the reasons that you just laid out there. A C-plus where I, I think that can uh, that can rise, and I think that's, that is rising recently um, because of the way that it seems that they have figured out um, you know, some of their rotation, the guys that will be on the floor here as they go into conference play, which I think was really important for this team because I think – Prior to the roadie game, I think there was still some searching, as we have talked about on this podcast. Um, but now I think we're starting to see, okay, this is what this guy can do for this team. This is what that guy could do for this team. Um, you know, and and I think that it has a chance to, you know, propel them to a higher grade, quote unquote, but a, uh, you know, a good showing here in, in conference play coming up. Um, you know, and I look at what's been going on on the floor, not just schedule too. And I, I look at, say, you know, a guy like Bryce Hopkins stepping forward um, and growing as non-conference play has gone on. A guy like Devin Carter showing off his athleticism and what he can do here as they get into Big East play. So, yeah, for all the reasons you laid out, uh, I thought the same thing, guys. C plus all around. Yeah, you look at their two most recent home games, they they crushed their two opponents. And I think. Earlier in the year when you played Merrimack and Columbia, it was you know sort of sleepwalking through those two games. It wasn't really anything all that impressive. Manhattan and Albany were just dismissed, swatted aside, and, and you would expect a really good team to not give them any air, and, and that's what Providence did. Uh, so is that growth? Uh, is that a sign of things to come? Uh, we will find out over the weekend at Seton Hall. That's a good test. I know Shaheen Holloway isn't necessarily thrilled with his team right now. They beat Drexel last night, and uh, he had some choice words for the Pirates after the game. Uh, he's looking to fire them up going into the weekend. Uh, he's talking about effort and uh, you know things that that coaches tend to say to really piss off the locker room. Uh, you know there was a lot of that going on. Um, you know, so it'd be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what Providence is walking into uh, when they go to the Rock. On Saturday, uh, that's twelve thirty tip. I think it's on the Big Fox. If I had a guess, it's on the Big Fox. Yep, yep. Uh, that's that's uh, that's fitting. You've got the regular season <laughs> Not, conference champions. They should be on the Big Fox. Not to promote the other network here, but you know it's on the Big Fox for all the prior the fans. Other yeah. network. Well, on this podcast, the other network is NBC because they are not represented. Oh, hey, 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 <laughs> no shots fired. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. We Frank, Joe, Taylor, we love you guys, but they're the other network here. Um, we'll transition to the Providence women. Um, you know, currently they are 100 in the net. Um, oh, no, sorry, that's Providence men. What am I looking at? Uh, they are 151 in the net, uh, eight and four overall, uh, 0 and two in the Big East. And, and those two games were against two top 25 opponents, UConn and Villanova. Uh, Providence wasn't necessarily competitive in either one of them. Uh, guys, I'd give the Providence women a C. Uh, they were picked in the bottom half of the league. Their non-conference losses are at Boston College and at URI. Uh, BC's an ACC opponent. URI, obviously, is off to a great start. I don't necessarily ding them for losing those two games. Um, you know, and the, the the two games in the Big East, you lose at UConn, of course, everybody does. Uh, Villanova, you would have liked to have seen them compete uh, a little better at home, but Villanova is a very good team. They have a special player in Maddie Segrist. Uh, you know, I just, I look at the Providence women and I think, where can this go? Uh, you know, where do they shake out? Because the Big East really looks like a bear at this point. You've got Creighton playing well, Seton Hall playing well, St. John's playing well. Um, is there even going to be an opportunity 
for Providence to break into that top half. They're going to have to play really well over the next two months to do that. So so I would say C for the Friars. They're going to have plenty of opportunity to improve on that grade, uh, but they have a very difficult road ahead. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm at a C as well, Kachi. Um, tough, tough start in conference play. They have popped and showed some signs, um, especially early on one of their first assignments. Uh, they, they beat Dayton at home, who's uh, you know usually a top half of the team in the A-10. Uh, solid start to their season. They aced that first quiz of the year. Uh, but then once, you know, some more information was was distributed. Uh, they didn't do so hot on the, on on some tests, uh, and you know some of the lack of uh, talent here that they've faced. Hartford, Bryant, Brown, like you know, you're trying to stack wins, which I get. Uh, you know, you want that overall record to be at you know, or maybe a little bit above 500, uh, considering you know conference play is a grind. But you know, if this team this team probably would have gotten a B in my book if. You know, they take care of a Rhode Island or a Boston College, um, you know, or, or both of them. Um, so, yeah, eight and four, not bad overall. Uh, now they've got a four-game road trip coming up, St. John's, and then you go out west, uh, DePaul and Creighton, two two solid teams, um, you know, outside of just, you know, a, a road trip to Sacred Heart coming up. Uh, Going to be a rough stretch here for Jim uh, Cauley's squad. Uh, I went C plus guys, um, you know, and maybe that's just uh, here comes Professor Coit with his easy grading here, um, you know, but I, I think, you know, eight and four solid in the non-conference for all the all the reasons that you pointed out. It's a young team, um, you know, to answer your question, Bill, you know, where are they going? I, I think their sophomore class, I think, is going to tell you where they're going to go in the next couple of years, I think. Yeah. Um, and we've seen some growth out of them. We have. I think, you know, having Olivia Olsen, you know, play as well as she has at times for the Friars has been a, a solid development for them. Um, and so, you know, I that's why I go I go C plus, um, you know, because I think some of their young players, you know, have had the opportunity to to shine here, you know, early on in the non-conference. But you're right. I mean, the the Big East is a is a bear. It's it's really tough. Um, and I don't ding them for, you know, two ranked opponents. Um, you know, doing what they they probably should do to any you know other Big East team, UConn and, and Villanova. So, uh, yeah, I go C plus. Now, if you look at the Big East women right now, let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams in the top sixty of the net. Uh, you know, so really difficult as we sit here on a Wednesday morning. Um, you know, Providence will be tested. I it, there is such a gap between. Janae Crooms and some of her younger teammates that that sort of those top two classes that you'd want leading you seniors and juniors or fifth year players at this point um you know it, it really is you're, you're trying to build from the bottom and it's it's difficult when you're playing in a good league like that um you know if, if they had gotten one of those games whether it was BC or, or URI you know URI they played very well in the first half uh you know and had a chance there to beat a good team, um, you know, postseason team from last year. Uh, if they had gotten one of those games, you know, I could have gone to C plus, you know, maybe B minus. Um, you know, but for now, I, I wasn't necessarily going to go any higher than that. Uh, Providence women have, uh, you know, as we said, challenging schedule coming up. Maury mentions the road trip. We'll see what they're made of coming out of finals here. Uh, guys, we'll go to the URI men. Um, currently, Two-game winning streak, which is the first time they've won back-to-back -back games this year. Uh, finally won a game decided by five points or less. They were 0-5 in those before the other night, uh, beating UMass Lowell on a, a Brayon Freeman layup at the end of regulation and then two-ish legged free throws uh, at the end of overtime. Um, you know, guys, I, I would say the URI men, we expected them to be rebuilding. Uh, you know, I certainly thought this would be a difficult year. Um, in terms of where they would stack up as as contenders. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them nick maybe a couple more games here. Uh, so they don't get much more than a C from me. Uh, I think beating Lowell saves them from a C- minus in, in my mind. Um, you know, because Lowell is a good team, a one-loss team, a team that had won at UMass uh, earlier in the year, a team that had competed at Rutgers uh, in a very tough place, the Rack. Not many teams come out of there with a victory. 
Um, so I will give URI a C, and and I would like to think that the best is yet to come. I would like to think that we've seen some improvement there, uh, but I can't go much more than than saying that they're average at this point. All right, so here's where here's where the curve comes in um, because I had only expected URI to you know maybe win one more game uh, at the start of the season, so they're they're pretty much on the track that I had expected. Um, a little bit below. That's why I have them at a B minus. And you can't, and you know, like like Kachi said at the beginning, you can't. It, all teams aren't graded equally. This was a student that was coming in, um, you know, that maybe had 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 a little bit of COVID, you know, the, the the year before. Missed some school, couldn't take finals, had to take it during the summer. You know, you didn't really know about what kind of student they were. Okay, sure. I, I think we expected them to maybe beat Quinnipiac or Texas State. Other than that, they did everything that I expected. I didn't think they were going to beat Boston College or Providence. Um, you know, maybe Brown uh, at the end of the day, but the UMass Lowell win um, definitely pushes them from a C C plus in my book to, to B minus. Um, just the way that they did it too, learning how to win. You're going through, um, you know, there late in the game, you're executing a, an out-of-bounds timeout play. Um, you're winning in overtime. You're beating a team, as Bill said, that that had played well again in some up games. Um, now it's it's all about continuing to build uh, and continuing to um, you know stack games here. Uh, and, and it gets tough. Very curious now over the next couple of weeks, which teams um, can play well when finals are going on which teams can play well when when you know most squads only have a couple games uh over the next few weeks like you look at uri they only play twice uh before a 10 play begins on the 31st of the month so just two games in an 18 day span um you know you probably throw a couple inner squad scrimmages in there uh things like that to keep the competitive juices going to keep your legs underneath of you uh but for me uri b minus uh, if B is about average and where I expected them, they're, they're a tick below, no doubt. Um, but this is a squad that I didn't expect to win more than 15 games this year at the most. Uh, and they're sort of on that trajectory right now. Yeah, I um, I would have gone with a C, um, but I think the UMass Lowell win, um, you know, bumps them a little bit up to a C plus. Um, same with you. Maury, the, the the curve is there. You know, I'm, I know now I'm giving <laughs> I'm giving the same grade to uh, URI as I did PC, but it's I think it's as you said, it's a totally different rubric, if you will. Uh, look at listen listen to that teacher oh, speak. Look huh? at this. Listen to the teacher this. speak. I haven't it's heard gone. the word rubric in years. <laughs> we're we're not it, just the guys in the toy box doing sports here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? You know, you're you're grading them. Uh, differently than you are the other teams here because of the rebuilding nature of the program, um, you know, and because of, you know, some of the things that uh, you're looking for. Um, you know, I, I think I would have had them right at a C, but the UMass Lowell win, I think, bumps them up slightly because I think it shows progress. It's not just about the win. It's about the fact that, you know, a, a week, week and a half before that, you have a, a home close game situation late in the game where you don't make a field goal the final six minutes and Brown beats you for the first time ever at the Ryan Center, which, look, we'll talk about Brown here coming up later and how, you know, we'll grade them and how good they've been. Um, but it was the sign of growth came from the fact that URI didn't make the winning plays in that game. They obviously worked on some things after that. And now you look at the Army win, you look at UMass Lowell, and you say, okay, there's progress there. They made winning plays, especially in the UMass Lowell game against a very good UMass Lowell team. Archie Miller was talking them up, and I think rightfully so. They're, they're, they're a really good America East team that's going to compete there in that conference. I mean, that's I, – I, Maury, I think you put out the tweet, and I, I thought the same exact thing. I'm like, man, it's going to be fun to watch this team against Bryant twice this year. Yeah. Like, this is – this is really good. Koulibaly is a good good player. Um, you know, they've they've got some guys there. So to close that out at home, I think that was progress. I think it's a great feeling for these players. You could tell after the game with some of the post-game quotes and some of the things they were saying. Um, you know, and so 
they're on the upward trajectory, hopefully going into Atlantic 10 play. And so, yeah, I land them right there at a C plus, but on a different grading scale from Professor Coit. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, Providence had a four and seven record considering their background coming into the year and the fact they still have the same coach and they're coming off an NCAA tournament. We give them an F. It's that simple. Um, you know, as we said off the top, these are going to be graded on a curve in, in a way. And so, you know, I thought Coit laid that out very well there. Um, the URI women, guys, and and for me, this is the highest grade that I have. Uh, the URI women get an A- minus from me at this point. Uh, you, you might look and say, what more could they do? Uh, granted, I agree. They could be 10-0. They could have won at Harvard. Fine. Um I don't give out A's. That's like perfection. And and I don't necessarily do that. But I would say this for the URI women. If they can split their two road games here, they've got two extra credit assignments here at the end of the first semester at Wake Forest and at Princeton. You win one of those two games and I'll bump you up to an A. Uh, you know, because I think the URI women at this point, guys, I think we need to start to look at them as a regional team. Um, you know, and I, I, that's part of the reason why I made the drive Sunday to watch them play Quinnipiac, a team that has been a perennial postseason qualifier, whether it's women's NCAA tournament or women's NIT. Uh, and URI was in a dogfight in the last 340 and then just dominated down the stretch, executed at the defensive end. Offensively, they got to the foul line when they needed to and made key free throws, uh, you know, and did this maybe – before I might have expected them to be ready. Uh, you know, if you look at the talent that they graduated off last year's team, I didn't necessarily think they'd be sitting here at 9-1. and one. I know they're picked third in, in the A-10 preseason, but I'll admit that I didn't necessarily see that. I, I didn't necessarily see what, what other coaches were looking at. I didn't think that they'd be back up and running this quickly. Um, and, and maybe that's because I've been conditioned over decades to think that the URI women aren't necessarily going to be that good. So they haven't been, they haven't done this. Um, you know, but I look at them now at nine and one, I'll give them an A minus. I, I would say that if you can win at Wake Forest, that's an ACC opponent, or if you can win at Princeton, uh, you know, which is a, a giant in the Ivy league at this point, um, I would bump their grade up to an A, but I, I think they've been the best in class among our men's and women's teams to date. I'm actually going to give them an A. Look at me, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. Glass, glass half full. Look at you. Um, because you can't expect perfection, they get one mulligan. It happened to be on the first shot of the first hole of the round. And they have an impressive win, like you mentioned, Bill, uh, Sunday at Quinnipiac. So I'm going to give them an A. It's on the lower part of an A, so I think it's – what is that? That's a 94, Professor Coyd, if I'm correct. 93. 93. Okay. Yeah, 90 93. to 92 is an A-, and then yeah. 93 – yeah, yeah, yeah. 96. So they, okay. So they got a 92 from me. Okay. And they're <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you guys. An A-, an, A-, an A minus plus, Bill. Yes, exactly. Um, all right. Good. I'll give them an A at a 93. And like you said, still room to grow. There's still seven more points on this scale that they can get to 100. Um, I will bump them up to an A+. Plus, uh, if they can – I'll bump them up to a 96 if they can get one of them, which is a solid, solid A. You are firmly in the A scale now. You get an A-plus if you somehow can win both or or have or win one and have a really good showing at the other, like get nipped in the other. Um, but, yeah, totally, totally ahead of schedule. And it's weird to say ahead of schedule considering the year that they had last year. Um, but it's so, it's, it's so much easier to pop and have one really good season when you've been building for a couple of years, like they did last year versus then, all right, teams know the type of season you had last year. We're going to come in and play you a little bit harder. We know the success that you had. We know that you finished second in the A-10 to be able to back it up a second year and really start to have this thing snowball. I think to me. Um, is the most impressive part of their non-conference. And, you know, they've played some teams at the top of their respective conferences and mid-majors. Buffalo's been good. Maine's been good. Quinnipiac. Um, you know, then they play an up game, you know, at Harvard. They, they play a team in the Big East in Providence. Um, you know, they go on the road in a, in a neutral site 
uh, tournament, and they, they take care of two wins away from home, which is never easy to do. A, uh, A for me, and and still a little bit of room to grow. You guys are uh, tough graders. You don't give out A's, Bill. It's okay. You can give out A's. It makes the hard. kids feel good. Believe me, hard. especially if they work hard. They work hard. They deserve the A, and that's why Rody has worked hard. They're nine and one here so far. They they deserve the A, and I'm giving them the A. Um, I, for the reason that you pointed out, Bill, about the fact that you lose talented players in Emmanuel Tahan and MP Fapasi, and you come back this year, and right away, you know, you figured some things out with a a, a mostly new crop of players on the floor. You know, Dol- Dolly Karens is one of the the holdovers. Um, you know, but somebody like Maya Torre st- stepping forward and playing as well as she has, um, you know, I think is is huge for this team. And clearly, it is clear to me that Tammy Reese right away with this team, like I said, with a lot of new faces stepping forward, has their attention. You know, the fact that they have a win at home and she says, we couldn't guard my mother tonight. And then they come out in the next game and they give up, what was it, 44, I think, to Maine. And she said, well, it was going to be tough for mom to, to get buckets today. Like I it's I joke about the, the postgame quotes there, but but really what it says is she had a mission for her team. They went into practice. They practiced it. And then they showed it on the floor. When a coach has that kind of attention from her team and is able to get her team to do those things, I, I think it's really, really impressive. I think she has full attention. Um, and so I'm really interested to see how they do, you know, in these two games coming up uh, and then into conference play. Uh, and you're right, Bill. I, I think we we look at this program now, you know, with Tammy at the helm and we say, you know, they're they're going to be they're going to be really good here every year um because she's a really good coach and her players obviously buy in uh early on and we've seen that here so far so to me they're an a they deserve it they worked hard give the kids an a bill give the kids an a i'm gonna get emails from parents saying what are you doing (laughs) to my kid you my kid's gonna try to go to law school or med school and you've ruined it for them and i hey that's fine um but I, you know, it's going to take an asteroid to to knock UConn off the top of the mountain regionally. I, I mean, they are clearly the gold standard. But if you're looking at URI and and looking for that number two team in New England or in the Northeast, uh, you know, beating Quinnipiac goes a long way toward that. You're you're looking at a small group, whether it's Quinnipiac, Boston College, Maine, Providence. Um, UMass, UMass, Bill. Yeah, right. UMass. UMass. The UMass fans that might pop into this podcast be like, ah, UMass. Well, and so you, I've seen it. And so you go back to last year, and and you or I, you know, obviously they they floundered in the A10 tournament. They got upset early by St. Joe's, but in the regular season they swept UMass, and and their win on the road was a spanking. They were up by 25 in the middle of the fourth quarter before Tammy Reese went to the bench. Uh, you know, so what she has built there in a relatively short time in Kingston, very, very impressive, um, you know, and certainly worthy of uh, of plaudits to this point. Uh, they will play at Wake Forest. That is in the middle of next week. Uh, you know, they're off for a, a good long while here. Uh, next Wednesday, they head out on the road again. Um, you know, so you wonder just how they might sharpen up over finals period and, and move forward. Uh, guys, we will go to the Brown men next. Uh, Brown is currently at six and five. Uh, they have an extended uh, break for exams, eleven days before they play UNH. That'll be next week. Um, you know, I'm sitting here and and now I'm realizing that I have all my dates wrong. This is actually Thursday. <laughs> I'm thinking this is Wednesday when I started the pod. That's how I led this off. Uh, Tells you about where I am mentally at this point. Well, that's it's that been that kind of week, Bill. We're like, what day is it? When are they playing again? Holy cow. I mean, that's I really terrible. Um, you know, Brown started 0-3. They've won six of their last eight. One of those losses is at Michigan State. You can't fault them for that. One of those losses is UMass Lowell at home. As we said, they're 11-2. and uh, the one game I really would have liked to have seen them get was Loyola on the road. It is a road game. Uh, you would have thought that Brown might have had a chance to win that one. 
You're losing to Vermont, who's the America East favorite, Colgate, who's the Patriot League favorite. I don't think there's any shame in that. Uh, you know, and you look at Brown, and I can already say that you feel like they've improved since the start of the year. You, you feel like they've gotten better. Mike Martin's got them snapped into roles. Uh, you know, they look like a team that has that sort of determination, that grit that he's looking for. Um, so I will give Brown a, a good solid B uh, for what they've done so far. I, I think they've been pretty good. People are going to start to uh, unenroll in your class, Bill, and, and join my class because my grades <laughs> are just – wow. I'm on this curve again, and I'll back up why I, I feel this way. I'm Brown A-. minus. They lost Jalen Ganey. They lost Tamanink Cho. They played tough couple games early on, as you mentioned. But then the way that they go and beat Bryant on the road in a game that was nearly a sellout without Nana Wusuanane and Dan Friday, I think the reason why I, I, I push them from a B plus to an A minus. Because sure, six and five isn't isn't anything to uh, you know ride home about at this point in the year. But they, they they've won they won five in a row there. You're again the state champs. You win both state games on the road. And it's it's the Bryant win with 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 who they had on the bench. The guys that stepped up, Aaron Cooley, Malachi Nadur. I think that's why they're at an A minus. Because I expected coming into the season, again, much like URI, I didn't have Brown winning more than twelve to fourteen games, and they're almost halfway there before I really play. Now, they don't play as many games as other teams, and I get that. But they're the team that's shown the most growth. They're the team that's playing the best right now. They're exceeding expectations, at least in my book. Why not? Like Coit said, show up, work hard, attend every class, take the hood off the hat, sit there with good posture, show up to class five minutes early. A minus, Bruno. So in that A minus, Maury, what what would your number grade be? Where would they be there? Oh no, they they were eighty nine point seven. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? This is a good kid. All the intangibles. Let's round them up. Let's round them up. Why not? They deserve it. A minus Brown. That's a great way to think about it because I I pondered I pondered. A minus B plus. I did because of all the reasons you guys just laid out there. So you know what, Maury, you just convinced me. You just convinced me. They're 89.7. You know what? Professor Coit's gonna round them up to. I'm going A minus. For for all of the, the reasons, like I said, you guys laid out there, the fact that they've showed the improvement that they have, they I think of of the men's teams, you know, you look at their schedule and how difficult it was to start. They battle tested themselves. Um, and you know, here they are now, you know, with some good solid wins at Bryant at the Ryan Center for the first time. Um, and some of the guys that have stepped forward, you're right. Um, losing talents like Ganey and Cho to be able to play as well as they have recently without those guys on the roster and see other guys grow. And and I think, you know, if we're talking about some of the best players in the state. There has been, I think, significant growth with Keno Lilly Jr. I do, as a sophomore. Um, you know, this kid is, he's pulling out some moves. There was a sidestep three that he had on the wing right in front of us at Bryant, where I was like, ooh, he didn't have that last year. He did not have that. There have been times where when he has the ball in his hands, he can take over a game at points. And to have that, that's a big thing for the Bears. But not only that, the fact that their ball movement has also helped him and helped the rest of the team, you know, improve as they go along offensively, I think has been a big development. And as Mike Martin has pointed out to the rebounding, that is a will and effort thing with a team that, as we know, has struggled with teams that have size, UMass Lowell, Colgate, the, because of the way that they have rebounded, 
you know, that's really impressive to me. And that's probably why I, I bump them up. I, I round them up and I give them the A minus um, because of the will, the effort and the improvement. Yeah, Bill, before, before you jump back in, I, I will have, I do have to say one thing. This is the student that was on the honors AP on the honors AP line. They, they chose to challenge themselves uh, and go into the AP class. And, and you have to give Mike Martin credit about, you know, going to Vermont and um, playing Colgate early on. Like he could have went and scheduled, you know, half the NEC, half the America East, half, you know, all these bottom conference teams. And he chose to, to, to say, guys, we're going to play a pretty tough non-conference schedule um, that still has some tough games to go. Um, and then the other thing I do want to say is this is only midterm grades. This is not going on the transcript. This is the, <laughs> hey, you've done a really good job in the first part of the, of the semester. I'm going to give you an A- minus right now. That's not just going to be handed to you on a silver platter come the end of the semester, come the end of the year, I should say um in 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 the uh in, in the in the spring so they're at an a minus right now there's plenty of room to go either way more room to go down than to go up but right now we'll put them at an a minus did you guys ever have with the progress reports like midterms like the the comment lines there'd be like two or three comments and everybody would be you know like participates well in class like you know but if you were a bad student who's like needs to participate more in class is a distraction whatever you know i feel like with brown it's like you know shows great will and effort you know crashes the boards you know those sorts of things it'd, it'd be a nice two or three compliments on the progress report here um but again with room to grow yeah, this might come as a shock to people, but uh, in elementary school, my social skills were constantly getting uh, ripped by my teachers. It was <laughs> needs improvement, uh, you know, disrupts the class, you know, all all those. And it was just like, gee, thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate that. The academic stuff was fine. I just apparently wasn't meant to be around people. I, I don't know. Uh, and, and shocking that it's turned out this way where I sit here in my condo alone. I, I just... No one could have foreseen that except my fourth grade teacher, clearly. Um, you guys have convinced me. I'll, I'll bump Brown up to a B plus. I'll be less of a curmudgeon here. Uh, <laughs> I had him around an 86. Look at so you. We'll, 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 go, we'll go B plus for, for the Bears. Um, yeah, because all of your points are fair. And, and uh, you know, as we sit here, they are still the number one defensive rebounding team in the country. Uh, so if that is extra credit on their grade, we will bump them into a different bracket. Uh, you know, bottom line, Brown has played very well. And and especially lately, uh, the win against Bryant is uh, that first half is one of the best halves of basketball I've seen any team play this year uh, from the standpoint that they executed offensively and they took Bryant completely out of what they, what they wanted to do offensively uh, in, in a tough environment. It was really, really impressive. Uh, you know, so Mike Martin, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule if, if you got him uh, – some truth serum and, and had him admit, you know, considering what he lost, uh, they've been quite good. Uh, the Brown women, we don't see them again until December 28th. They have 18 days off uh, before their next game between the 10th and the 28th. They are 7-4. and four. They've already exceeded their win total from last year. They were 6-20, and 20. Um, you know, but right now sitting here, they started 0-2. They've won seven of the last nine. Uh, for the Brown women, I would say also a B plus. Uh, you know, I've seen significant amount of growth out of their program. They're still doing it with young players, freshmen and sophomores who they brought in. Um, you know, who are nowhere near the top of of what they might be in a couple of years. Um, you know, I look at the Brown women and and I know they're picked eighth in the Ivy League. I'd be shocked if they finished eighth in the Ivy League. Uh, you know, they look like a team that is upwardly mobile. Um, you know, so I will say for now, uh, considering what they've done in the non-conference, the Brown women for me get a B plus. My, my, okay. Um, yes. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, <laughs> I you've, been, you've been a ray of sunshine here. Everyone wants you to go. Uh, I know. I know. Right. All right. right. teams would want you to go you're, here. You're right. Please. I have been, which is, which is definitely, um, it's, they come few and far between on this podcast as we, <laughs> as we keep it, as we keep it real week in and week out. People know that unbiased, 
You got no dog in the game here. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, Would you say B plus, Bill? I'm, I'm, I'm with you at a B plus. Um, beginning of the season, if you listen to the preview podcast, uh, I think all of us were big fans of, uh, about Monique, uh, Monique LeBlanc. But, um, you know, I particularly was. Saw her a couple times when she brought Merrimack to Bryant. Um, and I just think she's got a great grasp of the program, great grasp of, of what it takes. Um, and I also mentioned her assistant coach, whose name I'm forgetting right now. Uh, I severely apologize as I'll try to bring that up. Um, but the continuity on the coaching staff as well helps uh, tremendously from, from one place to another, especially when you've had success somewhere else. Um, so uh, this is a – who do I have? Tyler Patch uh, was with her. So um, – just big kudos to those two, uh, to the program. Um, I want them to take that next step. Uh, I, I think this is this is the type of season I could see if they go like seven and seven in the Ivy League, which would be eye-opening. Um, I could see her being in the running for like Ivy League Coach of the Year, like Mike was a few years ago uh, when the Brown men went seven and seven. Um, because you just expected Brown, they were picked last in the, in the Ivy um, we didn't expect much. If they can, if they can flirt with the top half, um, that would be quite a stepping stone for them. Yep, that's well, Seekonk I, and uh, Rhode Island College legend Tyler Patch. Uh, we'll we'll throw him his flowers now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I I think that's um the the way you mentioned seven and seven, Maury. I, I think that's a good point because I think what's impressed me so far and why I give the Brown women just like you guys a B plus. Um, is because you have a lot of good standout freshmen on this roster that have helped you so far. We have talked about, we talked about early on before the season started, we said, okay, they've got Bella Mauricio and they've got Kyla Jones and those players coming back. And it hasn't been all Bella Mauricio and Kyla Jones. In fact, Bella has been in and out, you know, with injury. Um, you know, Kyla has had her standout games, but it's been freshmen like Grace Arnley, like Mackenzie Leahy that have stepped forward and they've stepped right into starting roles at points and they have flourished. They have shined. You know, Grace Arnley's got, you know, Ivy League Rookie of the Week honors, you know, under her belt twice. That's right. Twice. Um, and so their freshmen stepping forward tells me, OK, you got a really good class that's come in. That's going to help you. And so going through Ivy League play, I think you're going to have your ups and downs. And so, you know, having a record like that, like Maury mentioned, I think would would be sort of the sign of, okay, you've had your ups. You probably win a game or two or three where, you know, wow, okay, somebody put it together. Grace had 20-something points. You know, McKenzie had some 20-something points. And then you might have games where, okay, you just don't have it tonight. You're playing Princeton and Princeton just has it. You're on the road, that sort of thing. And so I think they're going to go through some ups and downs, some growing pains. But I really like this group. Um, and I I really like Monique's coaching style. Um, you know, I think she relates really well to her players. Um, there's sort of a family feel there. Um, and so, you know, I've I've, you know, been, you know, fortunate to do sideline for, you know, a lot of their home games. Um, and it's just been you can you can feel it with this team like they they enjoy being around the gym they enjoy being around each other and i think that's going to lead to you know growth here going forward so um you know there's been some games really i've been impressed with them so far and their young players yeah we've said it before on the pod coaches who win at different places at lower levels that tends to translate monique was a big winner at merrimack of all places merrimack not an easy job and she was a 20 game winner there uh, so you figured that that would translate to Brown. It was only going to be a matter of time. They made a good hire there. Uh, you know, Cumberland native, someone who, who grew up in the region, who knows what it takes, uh, in turn, knows how to connect with kids in this region and, and beyond, um, you know, is able to sort of assimilate into the fabric of Brown and, and figure out what that place is about and, and has done so relatively quickly, um, you know, and I, I like you, Coit. I'll be interested to see what happens. You know, once Ivy League play starts, they have one more non-conference game at Florida Gulf Coast uh, just before the new year. Um, you look at the Ivy League for the women right now. Columbia and Princeton are both in the top fifty in the net. Uh, you know, they look like the the two favorites at the head of the league. Uh, you wonder if anyone else can emerge. 
you know, maybe give them a little bit of a middle class. Uh, you know, and I, I think Brown certainly, uh, based on what we've seen so far, the chance is there for them to to break into double-digit wins overall. Uh, you know, as Maury said, if they could push 500 in the league in really their second full season under Monique, that would be superb uh, and would give them a real platform, their freshmen and their sophomores, to, to move forward, would give them really good motivation uh, as they mature into their respective careers. Uh, guys, we'll go to the Bryant men next. Uh, the Bulldogs are 8-3. and three. Um, They have a, a couple really interesting non-conference games to finish off their schedule. Saturday in Springfield, Mass., they play Liberty. Uh, and then Thursday, they will host Towson as part of a home-and-home. Uh, those are two good programs, uh, mid-majors, who who you would have seen contending for league titles, trying to get to the NCAA tournament in recent years. Uh, Bryant is coming off an overtime win at Manhattan on Sunday. Uh, you know they're they're sort of coming out of this illness that they had team wide. Uh, Kevon Kramer is on the mend, which which is the best news that that we could have heard uh, coming out of Bryant. Um, you know, and certainly we we were concerned. For the Bulldogs as a whole, um, you know, when they did have that sort of team-wide illness go through them over the last couple of weeks, uh, guys, I, I look at Bryant and I would say for me they get a B plus. Uh, they would have been in the A range had they not laid an egg against Brown. Uh, I, you know, and and we find out that yes, some of their guys were playing sick and they were facing some off-court challenges going into that game. Um, you know, but that's the type of game that that if you want to be a, an elite mid-major team, I think you take care of at home. That that's no disrespect to Brown, but Bryant just didn't play well that night, and a lot of that was Brown forcing them not to play well. Uh, you know, but that was a a really big occasion in Smithfield. They set it up as part of Rivalry Week, leading into PCURI the next night. Uh, it was a big stage, and and Bryant did not deliver. Uh, and and it has to be said, for one of the few times over the last couple of years under Jared Grasso, he's built a really good thing there. I expect them to be very competitive in the America East. Um, based on what I saw at UMass Lowell the other night, they're no better or worse than UMass Lowell. They're right there with that team. Um, you know, you I, I would imagine that you know, you're gonna see them play twice and and it's gonna be they're gonna be dogs on the road and and you know, maybe a slight favorite at home by the time they they meet at the end of the year. You could easily see them splitting um you know having seen vermont play brown they're no better or worse than vermont either and if those are the top three teams in that league bryant's going to be right there um but for me you lose to florida atlantic no shame there you lose to cincinnati there's no shame there uh the brown game dings them just a little bit down one step from an a minus to a b plus spot on spot on uh that's exactly where i have them kachi um you know the win. The win over Syracuse balances out the Brown loss, um, but the Brown loss would have put them in that A minus range. However, I will say um, <clears throat> again, impressed. You know the way that they handled Stony Brook at home, uh, beat Manhattan on the road. You know we know Manhattan is a shell of what that team was supposed to be based on events that happened before the season, getting rid of their head coach and a lot of their star players leaving. Still, though, an emotional few games from the standpoint of Kayvon Kramer. Uh, still didn't know the situation, you know, with him, even in the, the the days leading up to the Stony Brook game. Finally, they had a chance to, to talk to him, uh, FaceTime him there that Friday when they beat the Seawolves. And then when they went to New York City honoring uh, Fred Grasso, Jared's late father, who, um, you know, made an indelible mark in the basketball community in New York City. They pulled that one out in overtime on the road. Doesn't matter who you play. Uh, overtime wins on the road, you know, always earn. Uh, a little asterisk, uh, a little little feather in the cap there. However, very easy for Brian to get right back into that A range with those two games coming up, as you mentioned. Um, you know, had PC not been at Seton Hall, which is, you know, drivable for us uh, in Rhode Island, if they were, say, at Butler or at Marquette or at Creighton to open Biggie's play, that was a game that I had circled on my calendar back in August, uh, September, whenever they released the schedule. I mean, Bryant Liberty, you talk about two teams – that have been atop their league uh, and, and trending in the right direction for a number of years, Liberty even even longer uh, than Bryant. That's a game you talk you talk about. It's at the Hall of Fame uh, in Springfield where 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 the, the Hall of Fame is and 
just everything sort of around an, a non-conference neutral court game between two teams that are that are expecting to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, that's the type of a game that's like a 12-13 seed game in the second round after two mid-major teams upset a four and a five. Um, so we'll be at the PC Seton Hall game, but, you know, that was really what it took to, to not go to that game and watch it live. And Towson, as you mentioned, also is, you know, really solid team as well. So um, a lot of opportunities left for Bryant. Um, you know, hopefully Kevon Kramer can come back and, and join the team in short order. Uh, but right now a strong B plus, really strong B plus for the Bryant Bulldogs in my, in my book. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> we had been talking about, I, I think with the team, uh, whenever that media availability was probably right before the Brown game about how, you know, adversity, they, you know, Brian had figured things out very quickly. Um, you know, guys had figured out their roles very quickly. Um, they had some gritty wins, obviously going to Syracuse, winning there. Um, you know, and so I, I think you guys nailed it. I don't have to say much more. Um, you know, I have them in a B plus as well. Um, you know, losing at home to Brown, um, you know, knocks them down just a peg. Um, you know, and, and again, that was, you know, the way that Brown played in that game, you know, the bears deserve to win and they affected the way that the Bulldogs played. Um, you know, I, the Syracuse win obviously is a huge notch for this program and for the school to go and beat Syracuse. It's always Syracuse. You know, the men's lacrosse team beats Syracuse you know, the, years ago in the NCAA tournament. Now they beat Syracuse on the court. Um, you know, tough, tough, uh, tough thing to swallow for Scott Cordishi, but he was OK after Brown won there. And so he's, you know, he's happy. Um, but, yeah, I, I think going forward, once they get healthy, I love the way that Jared Grosso said that, you know, after, you know, the Cincinnati game that now this is a. This is a 21 day training camp for America East. And I know that, you know, the Liberty game, as Maury mentioned, is is a pretty big game for them, um, you know, and a really great test for them to see where they're at again. But really, I think their big concern now is, OK, let's get everybody healthy. Let's get everybody back in the gym, back on the floor so that when America East play pops up, they're ready to go. They're the team that we saw early on. With, you know, yes, they have a lot of new faces, but those new faces have contributed really well. Antoine Walker has been a great fit for this program. Earl Timberlake is an athletic freak for them that, you know, Bryant just they they haven't had a kid like this. Um, you know, Charles Pride is Charles Pride, and they've got a lot of other guys that can contribute as well. So um, yeah, I think their their focus now will be yes, they got a couple games here coming up, but they want to be at their peak and playing well when America East play begins here coming up soon. Yeah, and you know they're they're sort of trending towards that. Obviously, uh, you know you, the, these next two games. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't be happy with the split. I, I think I would be. Uh, you know, if you win them both and get greedy, great. You'd have great momentum going into New Year's Eve against Binghamton, that's a game that you're going to be favored by double digits to to win. Uh, you know, and ultimately, you, you don't want to overlook that one because for, at Vermont is next, and that's a big showdown, of course. Uh, you, but you need to take care of the Bearcats before you get into those marquee games on your schedule. That's sort of the outlier over the next four. Uh, you know, so you need, you need to see Bryant just focus, um, you know, try to get the next two. Certainly win your conference opener on your home floor and, and then worry about the catamounts after that. Um, you know, interesting when, when you think about Bryant, when you think about Bryant being eight and three, and you know, similar to the URI women, we're we're just talking about it like, ah, oh, this happens every year, sure. You know, and you think of Bryant two or three years ago and, and where they were, uh, you know, now we're talking about them contending for conference championships and you know how their non-conference losses might affect their resume. It's it's really it, Jared Grasso, like Tammy Reese, has done such a good job changing the conversation around that program. It's really, uh, you know, it's noteworthy. It should be recognized. It, it's something that you know we should pay attention to as as we go along here. Uh, the Bryant women guys, uh, you know, sitting here at four and seven. Um, you know, they have their next game will be against Mitchell. Uh, that's a D3 opponent on Sunday. Uh, they, like the Bryant men, were, were stuck moving over from the NEC. They lost two conference games. They had to backfill the schedule, uh, you know, and struggled to do it on short notice. That's It's just hard to, to try to find opponents 
uh, when you switch leagues. Uh, then they will open conference play with Maine. Uh, we've talked a fair bit about the Black Bears on this podcast. Uh, Maine, the America East favorite, will come to Smithfield on December 29th. Uh, guys, for the Bryant women, I look at their last month. <clears throat> Central Connecticut and Stonehill on paper were two games that – you would have liked to have seen them win uh, Central Connecticut. They lose on the road and then Stonehill, they lose at home by seven, uh, a Stonehill team that is still transitioning to division one. Uh, you would have liked to think that, that Bryant would have been ahead of them. So for the Bryant women, uh, C minus at, at this point, um, you know, you'd like to say that they have a chance to, to improve last year. Certainly they got into the NEC tournament, won two road games and found themselves in the conference title game. So you're reminded not to give up on students at the semester break, that they can be different in the second semester, that conference play does offer a fresh start in that way. Um, you know, but for the Bryant women so far, they have a couple losses there to regional teams who you would have liked to have seen them take care of. You would have hoped that, that they would have been ahead of at this point. Uh, so C minus for them. Uh, but with chances with their new home in the America East to get better over second semester. Yep. I'm with you. C minus short and sweet. Uh, Bulldogs have chances. Uh, shout out Mitchell college. I actually uh, know uh, a little bit of that staff. Uh, solid program there in new London, Connecticut. Um, but uh, yeah, Bryant for me. <clears throat> yeah. He, it's hard to leave a conference and then start to lose to some of those teams. Um, you know, the, the conference that you had just left in the NEC, but um, the American East is going to be a big challenge. And um, I think, you know, what's, what's really impressive is that you talk about opportunities, Bill, and right away it's Maine and at home um, Thursday, December 29th, one o'clock at the chase. Uh, that's a program that has, as Coit has mentioned a number of times here on the pod. Um been the favorite uh they've owned the league for a while uh, in the america east so you know you have a nice tune-up game there against a division three team in mitchell take care of your finals uh get some extra shots up you know get some extra rest and recovery and then you've got maine coming into your house yeah i'm with you guys c minus um you know just looking at the schedule you know bill you you know mentioned the the stonehill loss um, and it is, you, you said it right. It is tough to, to lose to, you know, when you leave the conference team goes into your conference moving up and they, and they beat you there. Um, you know, so that's a tough one to take, um, you know, but room, a lot of room for improvement for this team, you know, having played as Fortuny on the floor, obviously she's going to have her nights where she's going to play really, really well for Bryant. Um, they've got a good coaching staff. They've got a good coach in Mary Burke. Um, we've seen too. You know, what Bryant did at the end of last year, getting to, you know, the conference championship game the way that they did, you know, if they can, you know, continue to to work, continue to improve, then there's no reason why this team could not put it together at some point, go on a run and say, oh, here comes Bryant. You know, um, we've seen it before. So C minus at this point, but obviously a lot of room to improve. Yep, and and they'll have chances to do that. Uh, you know, obviously on Sunday, and, and then going into the league opener, they have a little bit of time to prepare for Maine. They'll they'll have eleven days of practice under their belts. You you wonder if that you know gives them a little rest and recovery, a little extra sharpness as, as they face the Black Bears, uh, Maine and Vermont, currently with the two highest net rankings in that league among the women. Uh, you know, so you figure that that they will be very competitive. Uh, those will be tough games on their schedule. Um, you know, just one more note, I, I would say nationally, if you're going to look between men and women, uh, the head of the class is an old friend, the UConn men, in, in my mind, uh, Dan Hurley has it rolling there. Uh, I think right now he'd be in line for the national coach of the year or, or somewhere close to it. Um, you know, they are very interesting as we, you know, start to get into Big East men's play this weekend. Um, you know, you wonder how UConn is prepared to, you know, maybe upset the established order in the Big East. Uh, you know, Villanova hasn't necessarily shown what they've shown in the past. They've had a ton of injuries, of course. Um, you know, is this UConn's time to break back through, get into March and, and make a deep run? Um, you know, so I would say that in terms of men and women nationally programs, they are at the head of my class uh, at the end of first semester. 
I'm with you there. Uh, I am with you for sure. Uh, I mean, Donovan Klingon has just been amazing uh, coming off the bench. The numbers he's putting up, I don't have them in front of me as per 40 numbers, but when he's putting up, you know, close to a double double in about half the game time um, and playing behind a guy like Adama Sonogo, it's, it's very impressive. Danny's done a really good job finding different pieces. He's got a mix of guys that have been there, a mix of new faces, whether it be, uh, you know, rookies out of high school or fifth year grad transfers or, or just regular transfers. Um, he's, he's, he's got the right cooks in the kitchen. Uh, and um, yeah, they, and, and they've played a really tough schedule. And then some of the teams that they've beaten too have then gone on uh, and carried their weight and carried the baton and uh, beaten other solid teams. The Alabama win comes to mind, you know, UConn handles Alabama in, in Oregon, and then Bama goes and beats the number one team in the country in Houston. Uh, without a doubt, he'd be atop my my national coach of the year poll, uh, you know, right now. Um, and they're going to be they're going to be good. They're going to be good in Big East play. It's going to be it's going to be good. However, I should say, and I don't know uh, if it was coincidence or not, but PC gets its Big East championship rings the other day. Um, and I don't know if maybe they were in a little earlier and they waited because non-conference play had been a little rocky. They finally find their footing. All right, before we go on the road to begin conference play Saturday at Seton Hall, let's hand out the rings. Let's remind them what we accomplished six months ago. It's, it's our title to defend uh, as much as everybody wants to talk about your Yukons of the world, their hot start. Um, you know, or, or an upstart Xavier team or, or Creighton, even though they've lost five games in a row. This, was, this is still PC's league um, until the beginning of March rolls around. So maybe that little reminder uh, to guys like Ed Croswell and Alan Breed and Jared Bynum, who were here and contributors last year, uh, lights a little fire under their rear end as they get conference play going. And, of course, because we have PC availability in about three hours, we'll ask Ed Cooley that question, and he'll say, this is a completely different team. I don't know what you guys are talking about. We're not defending anything. These guys have to find their own way. Don't give me any of that nonsense. I, I can I can hear it now in that gravelly baritone. I can just hear it coming right in our faces at uh, the Ruan Development Center. What, you, what Bill, you don't like jewelry? <laughs> I You don't like jewelry? Do. I do. I don't wear any, but I do, of course. <laughs> and and rings are a wonderful gift uh, for something that you've earned. That's for sure. Yeah, they were pretty cool. Um, and and good for those guys. They obviously earned it with the special season last year. Um, look, guys. Dan Hurley warned us. He warned us a few years ago. Get us now. Get us now. It's coming. It's coming. And guess what? It's coming. They they're good. They're really good. Yeah, they are. They are. And it's funny. It's funny to see, you know, obviously we are all friends with and know many of our, you know, compadres are, you know, UConn followers, UConn fans, um, you know, and, you know, they, they're very it's very cautiously optimistic from them. It's kind of funny, you know, because they know they're like, "Ooh, we got a team here. We got a squad, you know, Klingon's good. Like there's. You know, there's guys on this roster that they're like, man, we could make a run. UConn could be back, but they're they're cautiously optimistic. Um, but they should be very optimistic because it's it's been a great squad. I can't wait to see them in person. Um, they've been great so far, and yeah, so I think they're near the top of the Big East. I know Creighton has you know been where they are, you know, however recently, but I still think they're a pretty good team. Um, I think Marquette is quietly a good team too in this conference. Uh, they've had some, you know. It's been up and down, but, you know, winning against Baylor, um, you know, having a kid like Tyler Kolick, who we know very well, but, you know, can can play well here for the Golden Eagles. Um, you know, that's a team, I think, to watch, too. And when PC is trying to, you know, fight, you know, in the Big East against all of these teams, um, that's another one I'm watching. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's conference play time. Um, these are the games that, you know, we really look forward to. Um, these are the programs that PC matches up with and, and plays, you know, down to the wire every year with all these teams. It's, this is really fun. This is a great time of the year. Yeah, Marquette Providence's second game in Big East play. Uh, they are the Big East home opener for the Friars on the 20th. That's next Tuesday. <laughs> I'm going to get my days right here as we finish the pod. Uh, babe. This is, in fact, Thursday. I, I grade myself an F based on chronology. Uh, really, really <laughs> terrible uh, on my part. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, 
fair amount of our listeners and, and folks in my email would agree that I am a failure. Uh, that's that's how that works. Um, a little harsh, but we can do that. We we can we can uh, we can parse that another time. I, I think. Uh, gentlemen, as always, thank you for joining me. Uh, I will see you shortly at uh, up at Providence as we gear up for the action in second semester and, and the business end of the season. Thank you all for listening. As always, uh, we really appreciate you. And we'd like to wish you folks uh, happy holidays as you get into that time of the year. I uh, hope it's a great time with your families and friends. And um, you know, we wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.